0: because we're starting a brand new series on the book of First Thessalonians. We're going to learn for five weeks. There are five chapters and we're going to try to grab a chapter every single week typically at Higher Vision Church in the summer I will work through a passage of scripture maybe a, a book we've looked at, gosh I was looking the other day and we've gone through almost every book in the New Testament it's exciting as a church how far that we've come and it's exciting to see that you're here with us today and not only are you joining us but we have our church family joining us around the world, it's exciting today we have New Mexico, we have France we have Utah, we have Nevada Colorado, Alabama, Michigan Latvia, Qatar um, the Czech Republic, will you welcome our online family that's joined us this morning. The other really cool thing is that you may not know this, but there are hundreds of people that are in town that for some reason or another couldn't be here, but they're joining us right now. So it's exciting that we're all together today. I want to begin this series and we're going to We're going to go through, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. And as you go there, you know I like to start with something funny. And I heard the story about this very wealthy man who is very eccentric. And he threw a party at his house and this eccentric nature came out because when they gathered around the pool, it was filled, he had filled it with sharks and alligators. And as they're standing around the pool, he said... You know what, I've made a decision, if there's anyone here brave enough to swim across that pool, if you do, when you get out, I will give you whatever you want. Well, to everyone's surprise, suddenly there was a splash, and everyone looked at the pool amazed, and there in the pool was a guy swimming for his life. I mean, he was dodging alligators, he was going under and over sharks, and he barely made it to the edge of the pool in time to get out before an alligator grabbed him. He jumped out of the pool and everyone was amazed and the the wealthy eccentric man comes up to him and he says, I can't believe this. You are the bravest man I have ever seen. He said, so what do you want? The man stood there dripping wet, kind of had a dazed look on his face and he said, I can tell you the one thing I want more than anything in the world. He said, what is it? He said, the name of the person that pushed me in the pool. Amen. Listen, today, we're not going to push you in into anything. But what we are going to do is invite you to open your heart. Because I believe God wants to say something to Higher Vision Church over the next five weeks. So would you stand to your feet as we honor the reading of God's Word? I'm going to read the first part, and I'm going to join, ask you to join me in just a few moments. It begins in chapter 1 with verse 1 by saying, This letter is from Paul, Silas, and Timothy. So Paul is writing. He's also using Silas and Timothy to help him with this writing to the church in Thessalonica. He says, we're writing to the church in Thessalonica, to you who belong to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So these are Christians. This is a church in the city of Thessalonica. He says, may God give you grace and peace. He said, we always thank God for you. We thank God for you. All of you. And we pray for you constantly. You know, being gone for the last three weeks and having a little bit of time away with my family, you know, I, I can relate to that. Because I'm gone and I think about you. I think about this wonderful church and all the wonderful people. And you know what it makes me do? It makes me want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for people who love God. Thank you for people who are making a difference. And I pray for you. It goes on, if we jump to verse six and seven, this is what I think is the crux or the foundational passage of this entire book. And it's really what we're gonna be focusing on today and maybe in the weeks ahead. But he goes on to say, he said, you received the message with joy. I preached the gospel to you and you received it. Now I want everyone to join with me, those online as well, let's read together verse seven. Here's what he says. As a result, let's stop, so of, of hearing the message and receiving the message, read it with me, as a result, You have become an an example to all the believers in Greece. And now the word of the Lord is ringing out from you to people everywhere. For wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. The whole world was talking about the church in Thessalonica. This was a place where God was moving. These were authentic believers. And there's something that God wants to say. And I wanna tell you that that same truth, that same principle is happening through Higher Vision Church. It's happening in Kenya. It's happening in Brazil. It's happening in the Czech Republic. It's happening in Iceland. It's happening in nations around the world that are talking about what God is doing. There are people that are saved today because of your faith and because of your love. So today God is gonna teach us. So I want you to close your eyes. I want you to open your heart. I want you to simply say these words. Holy Spirit, speak to me. God, I'm asking that you will move this morning, that you will use these words to awaken us to be the church that you've called us to be. In Jesus' name. Somebody shout amen. Amen. You may be seated today. It's interesting because this passage says that the whole world is talking about you because you are the example. You see, the church in Thessalonica was an example of authentic Christianity. What's interesting about the word example there, it's a Greek word, and it means this. It means a pattern used for imitation or replication. In other words, they were a model of what Christianity is all about. Now, as I began to think about that idea that they were a model, and I thought of the word model, it took me back to a concept of a model, someone who models on a runway. no, I'm just kidding. Stop, 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 stop. And some of you are like, what is he doing? This is church. Here's what's interesting about a model is is a model is not really there for you to see them. Really what you're there is to see what they're wearing. Because when you see them, what they hope will happen is by seeing them model what they're wearing, you will then see that as something that you want to then replicate. And really that's the idea of what this whole book is about is it's saying this church is a model of what true Christianity, what authentic Christianity is all about. And I pray that when people talk about higher vision, I hope that they don't talk about hypocrites. I hope they don't talk about religious people. You know what I hope they talk about is people who are in love with Jesus Christ. So today, this is what Thessalonians is teaching us. God wants to make you a model. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. So I'm going to teach you how to be a model today. All right? So what we're going to do is we're going to learn what it means to model authentic Christianity. So if you're taking notes, get ready. Point number one is simply this. If we're going to be a model of authentic Christianity, we have to model action. Everybody say that with me. Model action. Model action. Let's go. We're going to work through this first chapter of Thessalonians. In fact, we're going to take about a chapter a week. As we go through the first part in in verse 3, it goes on to say, after Paul says, hey, we're writing this to you, the church in in Thessalonica. We always thank God for you. We're always praying for you. He goes on to say, as we pray to God, our Father, about you, here's what we think about. This is what you're modeling to us. He said, when we think about you, here's what we think about. We think about your what? What? Your faithful works and your deeds. Your faithful works and your loving deeds. Here's what's interesting about these two words, and you can just leave this up, guys. It's, they're words of action. The first thing that God says, if you're going to be a model of authentic Christianity, is that you're going to be a person of faith. But let me tell you something about faith. Faith isn't something that you, you just think or feel. Faith Is something you work in fact what does the scripture say faith without works is in other words real faith is something that's living that's moving that's working in fact one translation says that we're reminded of your works of faith you see real faith it has works. If, For instance, if you believe God's truth that, that Jesus said we're to forgive those who, who have offended us because that's what God has called us to do because we've been forgiven, your faith in God's word then doesn't just stew about what was done to you. Instead, in faith, you forgive because faith has works. Somebody say faith works. You see, what God's calling us to is to be a model of action. I'll give you an example of, of faith working. Um, I was reminded of a story. There was a gentleman that that came up and told me this. He said, Pastor, I don't know if you remember this, but about seven years ago, I came to Higher Vision Church. He said, I'd been out of church for years. He said, I wasn't serving God. And he said, one day, I was at the coffee shop at, at Starbucks. I was in line waiting to get my Frappuccino. And he said, as I'm standing there, he said, something inside of me began to stir. And I realized, man, I'm far away from God. And he said, I started to pray. And I prayed in my mind. And he said, here's what I prayed. I prayed, God, I'm asking you to help me find a church where I can reestablish my relationship with you. And he said, I prayed that prayer, and he said, as soon as I said amen in my mind, I was shocked because someone was standing right in front of me, and they were holding out a card. And he said, I was kind of confused. I'm like, can I help you? I, you, know, you need to cut in line. What's going on? he said, and standing in front of me was a young man, and he looked at me, and he said, sir i don't know why but a few seconds ago god spoke to me he said "I know this might sound strange but he told me i was supposed to invite you to higher vision church he said before i could even get the prayer out of my mouth or out of my mind someone was there answering the prayer and what happened is he said when that was over the young man looked at him and said he said come to higher vision And he said, when you come, make sure you say hi to my dad. And he goes, I thought maybe he was talking about my father in heaven, but then I showed up and I realized, I think it's your son Tanner. Tanner. The point of the story is that Tanner had a moment of faith. He had a moment of God speaking to his heart and he could have said, well, that's interesting. Ah, maybe sometime I'll do it. But no, faith has works because faith without works is dead. So God isn't looking for churches who have people of faith that, that have no action. He's looking for churches that have action to their faith. say, I'm gonna work my faith. I'm gonna give because I believe in generosity. I'm gonna trust. I'm gonna serve because I believe in using my gifts for the kingdom. I'm gonna lay hands on the sick because I believe that God heals the sick. You see, faith needs action. Somebody say amen. amen. Saying model action. The other thing is he said, not only model action in your faith. Go back there to that, that last one. He says, not only your faithful works, but he says your loving deeds. Love, deeds, action. You see, when we talk about love, love isn't a feeling. Love is a verb now when I say love is a verb the first thing that, that happens with me is I flashback to when I was a teenager and I listened to a group called DC talk come on anybody remember DC talk and they had a song and they were kind of like rapper singers and they would they would do this song where they say down with the DC talk da, da, down with the DC talk I don't care what you say I don't care what you heard love 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 is a verb I say down with the DC." come on anybody remember that song Come on. Some of you flashing back right now. You were like, you started busting into a move right there in your seat. I saw you. I was thinking about this idea, love is a verb, and I thought of the words of a an author, a writer. And here's what they said. Love is a verb. It ain't a thing. It's not something you own. It's not something you scream. When you show me love. I don't need your words. Yeah, love ain't a thing. Love is a verb. You see, when Jesus talked about modeling action and faith and love, one of the things that he described that with was a story and he said, listen, if you want to know God, you got to love him and you got to love your neighbor. And they said, well, how do we love our neighbor? And he tells the story. He said, there was a man who got hurt. He was laying on the side of the road. Along comes a priest. The priest saw him and just walked by. Along comes a Levite, someone who assisted and helped in the church. He saw him and he walked by. And then along came a Samaritan. And when the Samaritan came and he saw him and he saw his need because of his love and his compassion, he stopped and he began to care for him. He began to act out his love and he took him to a hotel where he could be healed and restored. And when the story was over, he said, so which of these men were men who really loved their neighbor? And they said, oh, it was the one who stopped because here's what Jesus is saying. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you heard. Love is a verb. God's looking for Christians who will model what it means to be people of faith and people of love. And so if you and I want to be the kind of church that people said, man, that's what it means to follow Jesus. He's saying model action. Somebody say model action. Let's go to point number two. Point number two is model acceptance. Everybody say that with me. It's kind of weak. I want to really hear you because I'm all fired up today. I've been on vacation. Come on, help me out. Ready? Woo, come on now. That's the higher vision I know. Model acceptance. Now, when you hear that, some of you may say, oh, I get it, Pastor's gonna talk about how that we need to love people and accept people. It's not what this is talking about. Let's take a look at the next part of the the, the chapter. Because the next part of the chapter says, for when we brought you the good news, when we began to preach to you the gospel, when we began to share truth with you from God's word, it was not only with words, but also with what? Now, we're gonna come back to this in a minute. Let's go to the next part. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance that what we said was true. He said, now, since the power of God was moving and the word was spoken and the the Holy Spirit was active, he said, you then received the message. So one of the the examples of what an authentic Christian is is that there are people who receive the word. They accept. The word received there is a Greek word which means to welcome or to accept. When Jesus talks about the word, he used a story, a parable, to describe it and explain it. And this is important because if we're going to be model Christians, if we're going to be examples, we need to understand what is it God's saying when it comes to hearing his truth. And he said there's a lot of people, he said it's, it's like this, it's called the parable of the sower. You see the, the seed is the word of God and there was a farmer that came and he, he planted the word of God. He spread out the seed. But what happened is when he shared the word, some of it landed on the pathway, the pathway where everybody was walking and it was hard. And because of the hardness of the ground, And he went on to say, he said, that our hearts are the ground. And he says, so it lands on the hard ground, and because you don't understand it, because your heart's hardened, the devil, the birds, come and steal the seed away, and the seed or the word doesn't have any fruit because the soil wasn't able to receive it, accept it. He said, so there was also some other ground. And the other ground was, it, was, it was, looked like it was good ground, but right under the surface, the soil, there were rocks. And so the seed fell on the rocks and, and it suddenly sprung up. They received it with joy, but then the sun came out, which represents trials in life. And there are people that they come to church and they'll hear the message, but they're not hardened. Instead, they're ready. Okay, cool, I want to receive it. And they'll grab a hold of it, but then a trial or a problem or someone accuses them or or there's an issue in their life and then the next thing you know, the seed is uprooted and it never bears any fruit. Because they weren't able to receive, to accept, to accept. And then there's people that, this is what happens to them, it's it's thrown into their lives, but they have thorns. And the thorns grow up and choke out the word. And there's no growth, there's no fruit. And here's why, because the thorns represent the pleasures of this life. Water skiing, golf, a nice car, the things of this world that people get so focused on and loving becomes their priority. It's either a priority to spend all their time to get it or it's their priority to go do it all the time. And what happens is that then it becomes the thing that chokes out the seed of God's word. But then there's this seed that falls on good ground. And when it falls on the heart of someone who, when they show up to, to church, you, you know, when I preach, there, there's two mentalities that are out there in, in the, the seats, two mentalities that are out there over the screen. And here's one of them. You may not have it on your face or on your posture, but it's in your heart. And here's what it says. Yeah, I've heard that before. I've I've been to so many services throughout my life. What's the pastor going to teach me this week? And so we become closed off. But then there's another type of spirit. There's another type of heart. And that heart is one that's welcoming. It's one that's receptive. And here's what they look like. Let me ask you a question. Model Christians... They don't just model action with faith and love, but they model acceptance. There's a spirit that says, God, I am ready. What you want to say to me, I'm not going to walk out of this room the same. Let your word penetrate my heart. Let it penetrate past all of my hobbies and all of the things that tend to pull me away and let it penetrate past my discouragement from the trials and things that I've gone through in life. Lord, let it penetrate past the hardness of my heart. God, I am ready. Go ahead. I'm going to be a model. (laughs) Acceptance. What's really cool about this part of the verse that people never really focus on is it says this. It says that, let's go back to the slide before. It says, you received this message and it came not only with words, but it also came with what? And then it goes on to say, for the Holy Spirit gave you that, that full assurance. In other words, the Holy Spirit power of God came. Now, let me stop right there. Most people think that the power of the Holy Spirit is here in our lives, and here's what it's for. Maybe it's to give us tongues or spiritual language. Or the Holy Spirit power is here to empower us to walk in the gifts of working of miracles and word of wisdom and word of knowledge and the gift of healing. You know what the power of the Holy Spirit came to do? It didn't just come for you to give a prophetic word. You know what the power of the Holy Spirit came to do? It came to help you receive the message so you can go home and apply it to your life and change. Come on, somebody say amen. And what I love about this church is I think this church is like the church of Thessalonica because I can't tell you how many times when I'm standing in the back and people come by and shake my hand, they come up and they say, Pastor, it's crazy. You must have been reading my email this week. As you're talking to me God was saying something to me. this mesh this series has been talking to me. I'm gonna tell you that what God wants you and I to be people of is people of the word who are accepting, who are welcoming, who are ready. When we hear a teaching, whether it's about giving or it's about faith or it's about spiritual warfare, it's about discipleship, it's about compassion, it's about evangelism, we're grabbing a hold of that truth, we're letting God deposit it in our heart and we're rising up and walking in the power of the spirit to see it fulfilled in our lives. God wants you to model action and he wants you to model acceptance. Somebody say amen cool stuff in this book, isn't it? It's a cool book. Amen. Here's the third thing you need to model. Write this down. You need to model joy. Model joy. Let's continue on through the the chapter and let's see what it says. It says, so you receive the message with what? You receive the message with joy from the Holy Spirit. We're going to go back to the Holy Spirit here in a second. In spite of Of the severe suffering it brought you. What you don't maybe know about the Church of Thessalonians is you'd think this is a great church because everything was going right. You'd think this was a great church because they were in a season where everybody was blessed and and everybody was walking in prosperity and everybody was seeing good things happen. But instead, this was a church that was in the middle of persecution. The enemy was trying to snuff out this church. If you were a Christian, you were getting thrown and taken into prison. They were being persecuted as Christians. And yet what's amazing is in the middle of all the persecution, they're known for joy. That's why the Bible says in Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. That's why Galatians 5.22 says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. I was trying to help you. you got to help me out here. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. joy. You see, the way that joy grows in your life, it doesn't grow in your life because of your circumstances. It grows in your life because of the work of the power of the Holy Spirit. God sent His Spirit to help you receive truth. And when that truth comes, it's deposited so that it can begin to grow and produce joy. Because we need joy. Why? Because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Anybody remember that song? The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And then they had that weird verse. Ha, 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 Anybody remember that song? Tell me to be thankful that you've been around for a short period of time. There was another song that went like this. It went, I got the joy, 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 joy. Where? Where? Yeah, remember that song? And then remember that weird? They always had a weird verse. Remember that word verse? And if the devil doesn't like it, he can sit on attack. Ouch! Sit on. Come on. Remember? <laughs> what are you modeling? Are you the gloom, despair, agony on me? Are you the... What's the guy in the peanuts that had the cloud around him? Are you Linus? Pigpen, thank you very much. Someone is paying attention. Holy Spirit is speaking to him. What God is saying to us is that part of reflecting in the authentic nature of Jesus Christ is that even when we go through a trial, even when we're persecuted, and I'm telling you, there's more persecution coming to believers around the world. We see it all over the world. People are being killed for their faith. I want you to know that it doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what's happening around you because the Spirit of God is inside you. The joy of the Lord is your strength, and God is looking for a church to rise up and model joy. Somebody say amen. Amen. Man, I got my preach on on that one. Okay, so model action, model acceptance, model joy. Let's go to the next one. You ready? Model hospitality. Let's go on and read the next part. It says, for wherever we go, we find people telling us about your faith in God. We don't need to tell them about it, for they keep t- talking about the wonderful, what does it say? welcome you gave us one of the descriptions of the church that was authentically following Jesus was they were a church that was welcoming I don't have time to develop this point because I want to move on but I want to say this what I love about higher vision church what I think was descriptive of the church in Thessalonica is that people didn't walk in and wonder if someone was going to say hi People didn't walk in and wonder if they were going to be judged because maybe they had an, you know earrings or tattoos or they wore their hair a certain way or maybe they didn't have as much money as somebody else. They were welcomed and they were loved because they said there is a place for you in this body and I want to tell you I love higher vision. I had someone tell me last night, they said pastor we've been to so many churches that we walked in and nobody even said hi but the very first time we walked into higher vision church, 15 separate people before the service came up and talked to us. I want to tell you God has called you to be a Christian but don't live with the cold shoulder. Live with an open heart and say, God, I want to be someone who is loving, someone who is welcoming, someone who is reaching out and caring for the people around me. Somebody say amen. God's called us, right, to model hospitality. Let's move on. What's the next point? God wants us to model repentance. Model repentance. Repentance. Let's read this part, and I think this is important. In fact, I want to say this is a really important uh, point for us to focus on in this passage because here's what it says. It says, for they keep talking about the wonderful welcome you gave us and how you turned away from idols to serve the living and true God. Now, there is a powerful truth right here that we need to focus on for a second. I want to say, first of all, how thankful I am for the grace of God. How many are thankful for the grace of God? Grace is an undeserved gift. God loved you. He forgave you, not because you deserved it, but because He loves you. And how many know that when it comes to going to heaven, we're not going to heaven because of our works. We're going to heaven because of our faith in Christ. And so there's this great message of, of grace that's going out around the world and I'm thankful that we need to focus on grace I, when I was young I grew up in a denomination that focused on legalism and focused on works and, and I don't think that's God's way but the little, little bit of danger that I see in the culture we live today is that now everything is focused on grace grace, 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 grace but what you don't hear much is repent, repent, repent because there's a difference between saying I'm sorry and saying I repent And this passage tells us what that is. He says you turn away from idols. Let me tell you about the, the church in Thessalonica. The church in Thessalonica lived in a city that was known for being an extremely lascivious and evil city. It was known... Let me tell you what it was known for. It was known for prostitution. Sex trafficking. It was rampant. You know what it was also known for? Crime. In fact, history tells us that people built homes without windows because the crime was so bad. You know what it was also known for? It was known that people would paint murals, um, pornographic murals on their walls of the city in their homes. You know what else it was known for? It was known for murder. You know what else it was known for? Some of you are like, this is a great city. You know, location, location, location. You know what it's known for? It's known for, you know, in the history, in the past, basically abortion. But back then, you didn't kill a baby before it was born because we didn't have the technology to do it very well. So back then, they would just go ahead and have the baby and then just discard it and leave it. Because back then, they didn't know how to abort it. So we see a city that is filled with abortion, filled with sexual promiscuity, filled with, with uh, crime, filled with divorce rates were incredibly high. I mean, this was a city that was just filled with wickedness. And yet what I love about this passage is that, is that, that God's telling us the reason they were authentic Christians is because they didn't just get forgiven and then go with the flow and be like the culture. Because that's the danger when we focus only on grace but not on repentance. Because here's what we say. Well, God understands. Well, it's just a little problem in my life, but I'm forgiven. I have his grace. You know what the word repent means? It means to turn and go the other way and if we're not careful we'll live in a culture as Christians and I see it in Christians and in churches around the world now where people are just going with the flow and they're letting whatever's okay in the culture, whatever's okay, even if it's something that the Bible is clear about, we just go along with the flow, we get on that little you know, inner tube and we go down um, downstream with everything but you know what God's looking for? He's not looking for someone who will sit on an inner tube and go downstream, he's looking for a salmon that will turn around and begin to jump against the stream say God I'm going to turn from idols I'm going to turn from wickedness and I'm going to live as a way that will reflect the love and grace but righteousness of Jesus Christ now let me say I'm not teaching legalism but what I am teaching is that maybe maybe what God is saying is don't continue in sin that grace may abound maybe The Holy Spirit is stirring you to say, you know what? I'm not going to let that addiction stay in my life anymore. I'm going to turn and swim upstream. Maybe the Holy Spirit is saying to you, you need to deal with that root of bitterness that has grown up and defiled many. You need to swim upstream. Because God's called us, right, to model action. What's point number two? Model acceptance. Point number three, model joy. What's number three? Model repentance. I meant four, not three. I know you don't don't hear that preach much anymore. I know you get uncomfortable. Pastor starts talking about stuff like that. And I'm not here to be the Holy Spirit to you. I'm i to tell you something, the Holy Spirit came not only to comfort, he came to convict. And when you open your heart and you're receptive to his word, I gotta tell you, there's a lot of times when I leave a sermon and I leave a service, I go home and I find the Lord challenging me to swim upstream. Maybe you need to reflect and say, when was the last time God was challenging me to swim upstream? The last thing I'm gonna say is that God's called us to model readiness if you come to the end of the chapter here's basically what it says it says as they speak of how you are looking forward to the coming of God's son from heaven the last thing they say about this church in the first chapter is they say you know what they model this church was always making sure they were ready for when Christ returned you know what happens when a lot of men that I know, their wives go away for a trip or weekend or something. They tell their spouse, make sure the house is clean when I get home. Come on, any, any women, men know what I'm talking about. I don't wanna come back to a messy house. Come on, we we out there? Y'all with me, you feel it? Come on, men. Don't get all, all nervous now. Come on. And so what do we do as men? Nothing. We let the house get messy all weekend long until 15 minutes before we know they're coming home. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? How many have ever done it? Come on, wave at me, be honest. Close, women, close your eyes. Men, come on, how many have ever done it? So what are we doing the last 15 minutes? We're running around washing the dishes, trying to put them back. We're, we're making the bed. We're, we're sweeping in the kitchen. You know, we're doing all this stuff. Why? Because we're getting ready because there's an expectancy tell you God is he's going to come back again and he's looking for a church without spot or wrinkle he's looking for a church that is getting ready are you getting ready I I was reminded as we we conclude the story I was reminded of our old campus and when we built that campus out I showed up one day um, to help and volunteer to do construction and um, the construction team wasn't very excited about it because I'm not very good when it comes to construction. And so I'm like, what can I do? And so they gave me a job. They said, well, I tell you what, here's what you can do. We'll give you a job to do, Pastor Jared. And I knew that they were just trying to figure out some way to get me out of the way to not cause any problems. Anybody know what I'm talking about? So they say, here's what we want you to do. We're gonna give you this metal stud. It's a, a foot and a half long. You're gonna take that over here and there's all these metal studs. You're gonna use that as a pattern, as a model, and you're gonna mark and cut out 10 foot and a half metal studs to bring back to us that we can use for our wall or our thing that we're making. So I'm like, sweet, I can do that. It's not hard. I'm in, I could do this. So here's what I did. I went over and I grabbed that metal stud and I put it on the, the other metal stud and I marked it off and got it out and I and I cut it and I'm like, awesome. But then I made a major mistake instead of taking the original one that they gave me to use on the next stud, I took the one I just did. And by the time I got to stud number 10, it was way longer than the one that I had when I started. Because I had moved too far away from the model that I had been given. and how many christians are far away from what god intended maybe you're far away downstream from what God intended you to be in modeling authentic Christianity because you've gotten caught instead of looking at the model of what it really means, you've got caught at looking at other things or maybe the cares of life or maybe the trials of life. And I'm here to tell you that God is looking for a church that will stand up and be an example in a world that is lost and hurting. They need a model.